0: Dane and Friends are here to talk about it. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dane and Friends. Isn't this so exciting? We're on with another one of my favorite people that they've been here before. They're coming back again, I hope, eventually, at some point. We're back with another episode of Kelvis's Creepy Corner. Hello.
1: I've crawled out of my bloody bathtub to uh, S- Samara, crawl my way all the way down through the town. And now I'm here.
0: That sounds terrifying. Yes. I feel like you would get like, like do it. Crawling that way would just become tiring after a while. Oh yeah, like, my what back What if you had to like get mess. up on a bus and like get to the town?
1: You know, I should have taken the bus. <laughs> I didn't.
0: You just crawled all the way from your house yeah. to here.
1: Oh, yeah. My spine is wrecked. <laughs> I'm but you f-
0: ruined a lot of people's days.
1: I'm full of regret and also overjoyed at the terror I've caused today.
0: That's good. That's yeah. the important part. Of course. So, uh, <laughs> even though Kelvis is mad at me... <laughs> I don't remember what we're going to talk about today, no. so let's do it. I want to go right in. What, what are we it talking makes it,
1: about? It does make it like a little bit more delicious that you've totally forgotten. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're talking about how uh, D&D was involved in the satanic panic Ooh,
0: of the 80s. I'm excited. Yeah. I, don't know if I've talked about it, but I am a huge D&D and tabletop role-playing nerd. And I got Super big. everybody that I know into it, <laughs> <laughs> Kelvis included. Yeah,
1: we. Uh, Dane was the DM for my first D&D group. Mm-hmm which was super fun and also terrible. He <laughs> traumatized us for life. So I was hoping to return the favor by telling some creepy stories oh, today perfect. on the podcast.
0: I am so ready for this. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just I I feel like we should just get started. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Then.
0: Like so what what started oh, I know D&D started in um I don't remember the exact year. It actually started, but it started with Gary Gygax, and it was yes. it was a little pamphlet yeah. that basically he kind of just put out, yeah, and people started just glomming onto it, definitely. So and I would say
1: that started maybe around the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, any corrections? Just leave that in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't come for me. Um, but like we all know that there's this weird reputation around D and D that like older people think. There's something spooky, satanic about it. I even had this conversation with my grandma two years ago when I told her we were playing D and D together. Oh my gosh! Where she was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe like people still play D and D." Like when I was growing up, that was like a huge no, and like totally baffled me. Like why? It's just a game. To get,
0: to to give you guys anyone who hasn't played it, just so you know. D&D is ju- it's literally just a game of imagination. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the cult, does not no. have anything to do with the with Satan and the devil no. and things like that. They're I'm
1: just-, just I'm just related to the occult by pure coincidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I decided to like actually dig my hands into some internet and research, Ooh. <laughs> right? Got them real dirty and to figure out, like, what the hell is going on with, like, the history of D&D. Why is it like this? So, in about, like, 1979, around the 80s, um, like, America was kind of primed for the satanic panic or, like, what people call a moral panic to happen. We were just... Okay so we were just coming out of uh like not just coming out of world war ii but the effects of it were still around a lot more women had joined the workforce not a lot of people were home with their kids like typical very conservative values and that was starting to cause a lot of discontent a lot of quiet discontent in people around america and finally it kind of exploded when um this book was written and i'll get i'll get into that a little bit more later but this book was written about a girl who was uh abused at the hands of this satanic cult and so that caused like the satanic panic to really... Oh, my gosh. Explode.
0: Okay, yeah. And then
1: D&D kind of got, like, was totally primed to just get sucked into it. So, like, in 1979, the, this 16-year-old kid, James Dallas Egbert, disappeared.
0: Just gone. Just, just gone.
1: Just, and he was, like, this prodigy kid, I think, came from a wealthy family. So they hired a private investigator to find him. They mm-hmm. had no idea where he went. And so the investigators going through James's room and doesn't find many clues but he does find a D&D pamphlet, pamphlet a manual. Yeah. yeah. And really gloms on to the idea of like, oh, this is why your son's missing. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh.
0: laughs> it's
1: the D&D manual and like just the magical imagery with D&D like, really attracted a lot of attention and like really just primed the imaginations of worried parents of like, oh my god, the devil has my son.
0: My gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah. But in actuality, Dallas had a major depressive episode. He struggled a lot with addiction and had run away to like these tunnels underneath his university. He had run away. (laughs) (laughs) You
0: you had a weird like... (laughs) Satan
1: Satan took my body. Hello. It's me, Satan. I tell the story. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So there were these tunnels under his university where he went to hide because he had like an episode of self-harm. Okay. Because he was struggling a lot with addiction and depression. So, like, he had hurt himself and went to hide. Because, like...
0: It's pretty standard with that type of stuff. Yeah, like,
1: mental health was something that was not openly talked about. Especially back in, like, the 70s or 80s. It was the age of, like, everything's fine. (laughs) Good vibes (laughs) only, please. Um,
0: So, he was just not... Like, how how long was he actually gone for then? Um remember
1: the the articles i looked at didn't say i think it was only a few days it okay. was not a long time
0: but it was but it is enough time to like stir up a huge amount yeah of well he panic. was a really
1: smart kid and obviously his parents were wealthy enough to hire uh, an investigator so this and this did get written about in the newspaper like national news and it's hugely like that, publicized yeah. so it was called the steam Tunnel Incident. And they really failed to properly highlight that uh a few weeks later he did take his own life. And That's they sad. terrible That's really sad, yeah terrible. And they really failed to highlight that it was uh, because of addiction and depression, and there were a lot of advocates that believed that he killed himself because of dungeons and dragons.
0: That is so ridiculous.
1: Exactly. I,
0: it is a crazy idea because this, the one thing that I have noticed with the people that play D&D, especially the people that would have played D&D back then. Yeah. Is legitimately just a want to escape from exactly. the life that you're in right yeah. now. Be it, be it, you know that you've had a hard day or be it that, you know, you're suffering with depression or be it that Mm -hmm. you're being bullied, you know, like different things like that. That was the reason why people glommed on to this particular thing, because Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you know, board games at the time or or things like that, where you were kind of, you just had a set of rules and you were playing like you actually got to the person and it's come a up very with a social game yeah
1: so the parents back then had this correlation of D&D causes depression when in fact it's no depressed kids are drawn to D&D because they're drawn to community yeah yeah and this like only gets solidified by this next story I'm gonna talk about um, of like teenagers d and d causing depression causing teenagers to take their own lives because in nineteen eighty two irving Lee Poling uh committed suicide as well he shot himself in the heart and oh my gosh I know in
0: that is terrible that is nuts yeah,
1: yeah, and such a terrible way to go um, and a lot of his fellow students tried to really advocate like he was having a hard time like one of his closer friends was really trying to get it across that it had nothing to do with D&D he was struggling with his own depression he was struggling with his own issues and it was really well known he didn't fit in at school
0: yeah yeah. Well, how long I'm sorry, you may have said mm-hmm. how long from the last story to this story? 3 years. 3 years. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um and so, yeah, a bunch of students claim he he had a lot of issues before his death, but his Irving's mom, Patricia, was really steadfast in believing that Irving's death was caused by his participation in a session of Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Just one, just one session
1: at the school club. It, from the articles I read, it seemed like she only knew about the one session. Oh, okay, and like the tragedy of this too is the club was formed by the school's principal, and I think he noticed that Irving was having trouble fitting in, and so invited him to come play D anD D. That,
0: that actually is incredibly like such a sweet that's, thing it's a really sweet and hopeful thing the idea yeah. that someone that's an educator that sees that and helps to create this club for these people that don't fit in
1: exactly like this belief that d and d can help build your confidence mm-hmm. and like there there are studies on this which i totally took notes on we can <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i i have we'll pl- get to it i was we'll gonna, gonna say i have plenty of opinions i have so on much to say stuff. about oh, it too oh, as sure. like i uh without like divulging too much about my own life i do work in education mm-hmm. and so i have like some knowledge on child development and a lot to say on how D D can benefit not only children's development but anyone's development um, but, yeah, Patricia was not having it.
0: Oh, yeah. No, She's like, yeah. no,
1: no, no, no. Like, this is terrible. And D&D, so since the school's principal ran the session, and it was a school club running D&D, she actually sued the school for the wrongful death of her son. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Which failed. And because of that, she decided to sue the publishers of D and D.
0: She sued Gary Gygax. She sued that, Gary yeah. Gygax. Oh, that's crazy. That
1: also failed. Um,
0: because there's nothing to yeah. There's no correlation that she could that no. could have been made in a court.
1: No, of course not. So
0: I would love to read those transcripts though I of everything oh. that she's that she tried to say.
1: Oh, I have quotes.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, cool.
1: yeah. yeah, from interviews. Um, <laughs> But so back to like the satanic panic in general, um, the book that had come out, it came out in 1980. So there was a suicide in 1979. This book comes out in 1980. And then Irving in 1982 takes his own life. So, um, but. A relatively short period of time. A very short amount of time where things start to really get correlated together.
0: Of course. Mm
1: -hmm. So this novel called Michelle Remembers hits the shelves 1980 and was written by a Canadian psychologist about one of his former patients, Michelle, and her abuse at the hands of a satanic cult. And this launched huge investigations into, like, daycare centers, like children were coming home claiming that they had been abused at daycare and so there was this huge like correlation with um sending your child to be taken care of by strangers and the possibility that they're secretly satanists and want to hurt your children for some reason
0: i mean of the people that that there are it is and this is a really bad thing to say but it's like it's like a hard thing to 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 hear but parents are incredibly easily manipulated by that type of stuff oh, yeah. because you do have that you know that all encompassing love and want for your child to do better and and have these moments of doing that exactly and so when this stuff is starting to hit the news especially with all of that stuff i'm sure it's
1: well the amount of grief that comes from losing a child of course is going to drive you crazy oh yeah so in a way i don't even really blame patricia for the actions she's taking
0: no especially when she has, even if they're unfounded because it that's the always the hardest part is the idea that you have to think about that she she didn't have any idea no about this stuff like of course not and and it was this in her mind, it was just, they were just this happy, you know, mm. go lucky kid. Like
1: he goes to school, he comes he goes, home, it's fine.
0: Yeah, everything's all And good. suddenly
1: he's gone and the last thing she knows that he did was play a game of D&D with has, like Cthulhu and stuff in the cover. Uh-huh. Like very, especially if you're a conservative Christian person, looks very satanic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very that's very true. So yeah, it's it is an interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: time to put to put yourself in the in the shoes of that person yeah. and be like, I don't, I don't blame her for having any of those yeah. thoughts. Or she's still wrong. Like she, yeah, very much so.
1: But I can understand where she's coming from.
0: So we had a book, Michelle remembers.
1: Yeah, Michelle remembers, and the book was immediately disputed by um oh i can't remember but a lot of the claims were immediately challenged of like well wait a minute like who's this cult she was taken by like a lot of investigation went into this but by then it was too late like it it was a bestseller
0: yeah it wasn't it wasn't because it was a true story anymore it was yeah they just everybody's seen it at that mm -hmm.
1: point everyone had seen it so like who cares if it was true or not yeah yeah it's sent this huge alarm bell of our children are in danger from the devil <laughs> yeah so bestseller u.s and canada
0: oh my gosh yeah. <laughs>
1: right let's go back to patricia uh-huh yeah so even though she's tried to sue twice
0: nothing has come of it yeah
1: but still undiscouraged she goes on to find like she founds founded she founded an activist group called bothered about dungeons and dragons aka bad bad yeah b-a-d-d in 1983 and they launch a media campaign on local conservative christian circuits and then mainstream media and where she was quoted saying that D&D was a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic-like rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics, divinations, and other teachings.
0: Wow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, my... my.
1: That's a full college course that, right that, there. <laughs> that, is, that is impressive.
0: I'm surprised more people aren't looking into D&D if it I has know. all oh, of goodness. that put in there. Uh, the big one for me is, when I to hear that, is to be like, in a way, she's not wrong. It can have all of oh, those definitely. things. It the can, only it limit is, not, is your imagination. Yeah, exactly. The limit is your imagination. So it is not, um, it is not wrong in the sense of that. It's not yeah. what the game was intended for. No, but also but I think also, the
1: way yeah. that she's wrong is that, of course, you can have all those things in your game, but you're not actually doing, like, real demon summonings. You're not doing real witchcraft or satanic rituals. You can play act them. You can pretend them in your game. You can role play them, mm-hmm. but you're not actually doing them.
0: No. No. no definitely not. And I, I mean, it's a...
1: Like cannibalism, really? <laughs>
0: i'm sure there are people that have had cannibalism in their games oh
1: definitely in their games but they're not cannibals they're not
0: cannibals no
1: that's that's where i draw the line of like of course of course you could have all kinds of like crazy scenarios in your game that's up to you yeah but that does not mean that is something you would ever do in real life
0: very very true it's yeah. not something that it would it, it wouldn't yeah. even probably cross your mind to do in real yeah. life there there is something about D and tabletop role-playing games in general um especially the one that we do world of darkness yes that
1: <laughs> world of darkness world of
0: darkness <laughs> it leads into that it can lead into that mentality of yes, having can. that stuff in there and we can talk about this in a little bit when we start to go more into that type oh, of yeah. stuff. But um, the big one for me is I actually legitimately, this is my own belief, my yeah. own opinion, I believe that it's healthy to look into that stuff and figure that stuff out in your own life mm-hmm. in a safe way. Role playing sort of situation, yeah, and moving through different things, looking at different things that would be taboo or that would be exactly that type of in that type of way, but not in a way that you can, you know, you're not hurting anyone, but you are yeah. learning more it's a it's definitely a study in my opinion of of pointing things at yourself and being like
1: well even in a way it's it's a release too yeah like you had a shit day at work or school or whatever and you're feeling like angry or disempowered or like just terrible so instead of like going out and being A hooligan and you know, like breaking actual things. You go play D anD D and like you you kill a bunch of goblins. You know, like it it it's a (laughs) which is Kelvis's. Oh, I'm such a goblin.
0: (laughs) 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 Kelvis joins the goblins when they show up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, I would. Um, but yeah, it's a release valve. It's it's a healthy coping mechanism. Like very much so. You could like go out and you know break a bunch of shit in the road or like commit vandalism or something cuz you're a pent up teenager feeling angry or you could play D&D with your friends and be a jerk in the D&D game yeah yeah but yeah no uh, parents didn't see it that way they saw it as like you're doing this in the game and it's
0: It translates one-to-one in real life.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, she even said that... So, Patricia, she even said that, like, that D&D game, like, cursed her son's character. And that's why he took his own life. Like, she had that very magical thinking of this is an evil game. And it cursed him. And it changed something about his soul or his brain. And it caused him to irreversibly hurt himself
0: that's so crazy
1: yeah she even I wish I had access to this interview because she gained so much traction that she even appeared on 60 Minutes opposite of Gary Gygax
0: holy crap mm-hmm. I would love for sure if anyone has that send, send that it. send that to we'll
1: do a reaction for sure oh my there's gosh. no way we're not
0: D- Dane and friends email at gmail.com yes send please that, send that to us help us help us find that. it yeah
1: We'll go digging for it, but yeah,
0: I would love to hear that. Definitely, and watch that.
1: Yeah, so this bad, really, like spread like the the idea of D and D being terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely caught everyone's attention, and a lot of D and D like anti D and D activists came out and created literature on it. Like, there's that. A uh, very famous chick track say, "Uh, called Dark Dungeons. Dark Dungeons. Which was made into a movie. Yep. So good, which oh I've seen. Oh my gosh, I've seen that movie too. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. That's,
0: that's worth showing to any so, person so who funny. loves d d If you guys love D&D or want to just look and at something that's so...
1: Like, like anti-D yeah. <laughs> puts a lot of I love how much anti-D groups like give D D like this magical power when it's <laughs> <laughs> such a dorky thing honestly it's a fun thing i love it but it's so dorky like
0: in the in the movie they (laughs) they show like they've all gone to a rave and they've all been drinking and it's this huge crazy party and it's like the
1: cool kids on campus are the role players
0: (laughs) and it's like no it's that's not how it works at all no Um, but yeah, and he just he's shouting to the crowd, "Are you guys ready to RPG? RPG? And then, yeah, RPG?
1: Whole, like the crowd goes chant. bananas, and like they get peer pressured by the quote unquote cool kids oh to gosh. play D and D. Oh, so funny!
0: Well worth the watch if you get a chance.
1: One of my personal favorites. But yeah, like this group." led by a bunch of parents, like, really caused a movement, especially in conjunction with the satanic panic, it really snowballed into this attitude a lot of parents had that D&D was terrible. Like, for decades, parents lived in fear their children would be swept up in the it- evils of <laughs> D&D. <laughs> But like let's God,
0: we were swept up in the evils of D&D. <laughs> oh no.
1: We were swept up into countless pizza parties. Like we just yeah, ate we, pizza we... and <laughs> <laughs> rolled some dice. Like
0: Oh my God!
1: So evil, so magical. But there is research saying like role playing games in general have huge benefits for oh, people yeah. and their development they They result in improved social skills. Mm-hmm. increased self-esteem, better communication, and like impulse control, too. Stronger problem solving skills.
0: Cause you're forced to.
1: You're forced to. Plus you're doing math like the whole time. God, so much math. Like that's why <laughs> nerds are into D&D because it's just homework that you gave yourself. <laughs> like even making the character oh my sheet gosh. and you go through this textbook and you you do math to create your stats. Like yeah. you're just giving yourself homework. Of course this was deemed like a nerd game. <laughs> <laughs> like not enough math at school, I got to do it at home too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like such, such a Napoleon Dynamite. It's, <laughs> my character's a liger. <laughs> that exact imagery just comes into my head whenever I think of, especially classic D anD. d
0: Oh God! <laughs> oh, for sure. So, was it <laughs> before we get into the real, like us m- more talking about our experiences with yeah. D anD. Stuff like that. Was there any? other stories that you had for the satanic panic.
1: No. We're we're wrapped we're, up for we're wrapped up on that my, part of my it. My notes are all wrapped up. Okay. I, I nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I hope you don't mind if I I do. Do you mind if I talk a little bit about our our oh, D games and yeah. kind of what what we went through and yeah. in trying to learn things and then trying to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So the the one that we do is called like we call it like we said before it's called World of Darkness. And it basically unlike D&D it still takes place in a fantasy world, but it's it's a more realistic sort of fantasy world. It's yeah. based around like actual humans and things like that, but it's based around the monsters of our time. You know, vampires, werewolves, mummies, that that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, and then
1: like interacting with the modern era. Exactly. Which we said ours in the modern age of 2001. <laughs> That's right.
0: So, uh D&D for me was a hugely beneficial experience. Personally, just because it was a way for me to get cuz I've always loved I've always loved writing but I've never been good at it. I've never I've never had like the the grammar skills and the things like that, but I've yeah. always wanted to tell a story. Yeah. And so for me as the as the the dungeon master or storyteller as it as it's called in that game, it was this great moment of like I got to like set all this stuff up but not only did I get to set this stuff up, I got to also act in the entire world yeah. and I spent a huge amount of my high school and junior high in in drama and in acting and things like that, and I love being on the stage.
1: It's a great way to scratch that creative itch. Very, you're, very. You're much doing so. improv with your friends. You're you're writing this drama together.
0: Well, as it's going, yeah, and yeah. it's not. It's, but more more than anything, the the biggest thing that I had that came from it was I realize was a realization that there are these. And I, I talked a little bit about before. Are there are these dark parts of us mm-hmm. that we don't want to talk about. That yeah. we don't want to. We don't want to push into.
1: They're hard to engage with. They're
0: they're very hard to engage with. And so, World of Darkness for for me became a way of helping people and myself engage with these weird dark moments yeah. that we had. Um. I'm going to say one specific one yeah. that was that was with you. Uh, Kelvis' character was named, I don't remember, I'm sorry. Uh, Michael. My- Michael. And uh, he was a person that had gotten turned into a vampire and had a kind of abusive past from that person that had turned him into mm-hmm. a vampire.
1: Yep. Classic tragic backstory. Classic tra- just yeah. classic tragic backstory.
0: Yeah. Um, up to the point of, there was a, uh, the, uh, he actually got away from his captor yep. at a certain point and fell in love with this other girl mm-hmm. and got to spend some time with her only to have her be killed by, by, by uh, her, by his original captor. Yes and so he's been he's had all these like things going in his head for so long and
1: such a little emo boy he was a
0: very he was yeah. very much a little emo boy um, but the the reason i bring it up is because there was this mechanic that i used in there called the tunnel mm-hmm. and so anytime anyone went into this tunnel it would like it reveal was, something it would reveal something to them it was this way of getting people around the city, but not having them know exactly where they wanted to go. It was this sort of—you
1: didn't know where you would end up, you didn't know what would happen to you in the tunnel, but you did know like something that you feared or something you didn't want to face would appear in this tunnel.
0: And yeah, I, 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 there were definitely some some red herrings moments and things oh, like yeah. that where it happened, but the. The one that happened, and this wasn't until later in the game, is the one that I'm thinking of specifically. Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: it took Michael forever to even go into the tunnel. It is true. He was doing other stuff.
0: Um, but Michael's running through this tunnel, and all of a sudden he finds his uh, the 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 girlfriend the girlfriend that that he loved, and she was alive. Yeah. And they had this, like, great moment of reconciliation and, mm-hmm. and getting to talk. And they were both, like, crying by this point, and yeah. And she's laughing. And all of a sudden, she just starts to, like, have these uh, these scratches begin to appear yeah. on her.
1: Because essentially, she dies all over again uh, and she, and she, in the same horrible way.
0: Because Michael had never seen her die. Yeah. And he, so he just came upon the body. And so... Mm-hmm. It was this weird moment of, like, he had to physically sit there and watch her die. He could
1: not be in denial anymore. Exactly. Of how terrible it was.
0: And have to deal with this other... uh, His abuser Mm -hmm. was always kind of on the opposite end of it, talking to him during this entire thing and telling him how much she loved him and Mm -hmm. things like that as he was doing it and how much... It was his fault because he didn't love her back and Mm -hmm. things like that.
1: And, like, obviously, this isn't like.
0: It's not a parallel to real life. It's not a parallel to
1: my life or things I had gone through. But one thing that it helped me with is as Michael has to face his abuser and has to deal with, like, her being there and, like, her trying to break him down all over again. It was really empowering to role play him finally overcoming her yeah. and saying, like, you're not welcome here in my head. You you got to go. I'm not dealing with you in here anymore. And that was really empowering for me coming out of, like, I grew up in a really a pretty fundamentalist religion. So, like, I had... Like at this point, like really an attitude of feeling like I couldn't make a lot of decisions for myself, feeling like it was really hard to advocate for myself. So even in D&D, even playing pretend, I let this character like mentally beat up my character for way too long because that was my nature. Mm-hmm. And finally, I had this nice moment of being like, you know what? Fuck off. Go away. Yeah. I don't want to deal with you. We're and, we're breaking up.
0: <laughs> and after that moment, your character became so much more self-assured. He did. And so much more of willing to go and do his things. Yeah. And that's not to say that other bad things didn't happen. No, of course lots not. Of bad but he was more prepared happened. for
1: them. And I felt more prepared to like engage with the game more. I was very passive player before that and I was after that point became like a more engaged player because like I felt that rush of like oh my god I just did that which was really nice I
0: I mean that's that's to even say that the other point that I will make is we we came to a point where Kelvis had to stop
1: yeah it was true uh
0: and we've had it I've had it happen with a couple of other people too Mm -hmm. where we had to stop because of this tunnel
1: it's a it's a lot of emotional um, especially if you're a type of person who really likes to get in character and mm-hmm. you're really setting the stage for these intense emotions. Like, I I have a lot of anxiety. So th- that... That tunnel I,
0: it especially caused yeah. a lot of anxiety. Which,
1: side note, it is so important to find a DD and d group that is right for you. Like, we talk about how people in the past are like, calling D D satanic and we're advocating for it but that doesn't mean the game is perfect or it's inherently going to go well every time like it is so important to find a group that fits you and respects any limits or boundaries you have playing the game yeah
0: because that was that that's
1: like that was my limit like it it was a cool story but there was a point where i'm like oh we I think you noticed. You were know, like, "Do I we said,
0: need to I, stop?" I, I, I looked at you and went, "Are you okay?" Because I we was need to stop.
1: Because mm-hmm, my hands at that point, like, were shaking. I was trying to roll the dice, but like, yeah. And so we took a break, and like, we got back into it, and it was still really fun to like finish out the turn taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. So finding a group that like really listens and respects you and hugely important. I
0: I would say that that's just as uh, as important, if not doubly important, for uh, DMS as well. Yes, finding that's your group,
1: responsibility.
0: Finding a group that wants to be a part of the story that you yes. want to tell and likes the way that you tell stories. Exactly. Like that's my particular group. I I love doing that type of stuff and. My friends know that that stuff is going to happen in my uh-huh. stories, but they also know fun stuff's going to happen too, yeah. and and all these sort of different things. And so, if you can find those people in your life that want to be a part of this, it's I I wholly advocate for any sort of tabletop oh, ball playing or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we've had we've had our own ridiculous fun moments we've had yeah. incredibly serious moments we've had incredibly you know uh, emotional oh, like yeah. where people are crying at by the, the table. end of the session yeah uh yeah, one we, of the
1: things i i really enjoyed about dnd was at the time i was like um if you guys haven't noticed i i'm not a cisgendered person i i am a non-binary person and at the time, I was really starting to dip my toe into thinking about my gender and how that related to me as a person. Mm-hmm. So being able to play D&D as Michael and being called by different pronouns than I was used to on a very regular basis was really useful for me to figure out like where I wanted to go as a person. In general.
0: That's. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. That's. Yeah. That and feels it feels amazing for me because it was something that we always yeah. just were like, because something Cause, that I have at my group and, my, and at my table is that when they're the character there, you yeah. you call them by their character name. You call yeah. them by their. When
1: I was playing Michael, even if it wasn't my turn in the game, I. People would refer to me with he, him pronouns. And if someone messed up, then. Dane or someone else at the table would be like no it's he him yeah and so and because it was playing D&D it felt like a really safe space to play around with what pronouns I wanted to be called without it having to be like this serious decision of like well if I don't. Or even
0: a, just a discussion about exactly. like, It wasn't even a discussion. It no. was just like. It was just, hey, we're I'm playing fun. Michael doing and he's a and boy. What so, I'm doing. yeah.
1: Exactly. And like, if it was something that I didn't like, of like, oh, I don't like he, him pronouns or things like that, well, it's just a game. So, yeah. you know, in the rest of daily life, I, I can step away from that and not be called that. And that is what helped me realize that I do prefer they, them pronouns. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a really safe place to explore your own limits and boundaries and then also and gives you the communication skills to translate that to real life.
0: I also would say exploring your limits and boundaries, but also exploring ways to push, push them, too. Exactly. Like, I think that that's, in a way, it's... It's just as important always to push your boundaries with anything that you oh, yeah. that you go into, but I think D and D has these these tools that are built in if you find the right group, definitely because uh, exactly like you said, you can bang your head against the wall with mm-hmm. like fifty different groups, yeah, because they might want to play this way, they might want to murder hobo, right. which would be is which is. <laughs> Uh, kill everything and everyone in sight, basically, yeah. like and uh, pillage and be barbarians mm-hmm. and things like that. Which is a it's that's a valid fine, way it's to play. It's a valid way to play it. That's fine.
1: But you got to find a group that's okay with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you want to play a more cerebral game, or if you want to play a more story-driven game, like mm-hmm. find the the people. And as as DMs, there's one that one one piece of advice that I would give is set those limits early early and be like hey this is how my story is gonna go i want so you all clear. to be i want you all to be a part of it and making it with me um but these this is how i tell my story exactly and set and set that because there you don't want to be four or five six sessions in and no. They're like, I just don't like this. I don't yeah. want to play this because that's that's gonna put so many different people off from playing the game, especially mm-hmm. if it's their first time. Oh yeah, trying to play it.
1: But not to say like there are some limits that I thought I was okay with at the beginning of playing D anD. d That I realized I wasn't, and then we would pause to talk about it. So like being clear with your it's, like we're we're not saying like. You have one chance to lay all your boundaries oh, no, and after no. that, like, no no changes, no takesies, backsies. Oh, because everything no.
0: changes as the, exactly. as the game progresses.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, again, that translates so well to real life of being clear with your boundaries, being clear with who you are as a person. So when you do get into new relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, just be clear with what you want and who you are as a person. Like in the end that's gonna reduce so much harm you might cause to each other if you're not a good fit. <laughs> D's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much.
1: Oh uh, me too.
0: Um but yeah that's at least my views on it, and I'm happy oh, that yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you were able to share that with me. Like I said, I didn't know that that was. I knew that was something that you had struggled with at some point, but yeah. I didn't realize that was kind of like a, a little bit of a dip your toe into it oh, sort it was, of moment. Yeah. And so that's really nice. That's really nice to hear right? and hear that. You ever have that moment in your life? Where you're like, I didn't realize that i I made a I made a a ripple. I made a oh, I, I made a, a nice thing, thing into it. Yeah, you made like a without...
1: platform where I could do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's important.
1: That's a nice <laughs> thing. You should celebrate being kind to others. <laughs> <laughs> create like a create little safe spaces. Like yeah. it's so easy to do that. So easy th- to be I nice to people. I think it is, but I
0: also that is always a weird one for me. I'm gonna yeah. finish on this. Because you said create a safe space. And, yeah. I, and I have that in my mentality of like, because my safe spaces are going to be different than oh, someone exactly. else's. But like it's, talking from like a D&D standpoint. Yeah. Let everyone be able to be their character. Let everyone be able to do that. Yeah. But I also, lo- uh, and you guys have learned this through the stories and stuff like that. I'm a pusher. I, oh, yeah. I will continue to, to move and see as far as i can go with other people's boundaries mm-hmm. and creating a creating a safe a, a safe place where people can do that and then be like hey i'm not comfortable with this yeah. is incredibly important well, but in my head it it never is called a safe space it's always yeah. called just this moment of it's it, it's a it's a moment of respect but also trying to trying to help other people and myself grow well yeah along with it
1: well i think safe space has like such a reputation of being this clinical scrubbed censored area of life but it's not it's literally just in the name it's it's a space where you feel safe so like even if we're Playing D&D where we're pushing the boundaries I know it's a safe space because as soon as I say oh I need to stop then we stop
0: yep and that works and for that's what makes anyone. it safe yeah because yeah. with the moment that you're not the moment that you're not comfortable enough to have to stop exactly that's the important part but I also I'm a firm believer in being pushed in comfort
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think... Because
0: I don't think you grow as a person.
1: Exactly. That's how we grow as people. And so, like, there's still a way you can do that and be kind and respectful of others and realize, like, when they're done for the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on here and and joining me for another one of these. Thank you. I absolutely love this, and I love you. I
1: love you. You know, what? once again, this creepy corner has turned so wholesome. What have I done? What have you done? Hold on, Bl- blood and guts and teeth and give me your, give me your teeth. It's creepy. I
0: promise. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on this. Um, hopefully, that you had the moment of. You know, being able to sit and think about this type of stuff and, oh, yeah. and think about how it would affect your life and, and moments in your life where you can keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um if you do enjoy what we do, I'm very I'm very excited to say that not only are we working on uh, podcasts. We've also been working on YouTube videos oh, yeah. now under the Dane and Friends.
1: Check out our gaming videos; the they're gaming really videos. fun.
0: They are incredibly fun, um, and so you'll get to just spend more time with us and be a part of you know our world. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any suggestions or anything, like I said before, just uh, just send them over to the uh, Dane and Friends email at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I will personally respond to. Oh, before I forget, I too.
1: If you have any spooky stories you want us to share in the Creepy Corner, we do have a Creepy Corner uh, email. So if you have a creepy story that you want to share that we can read on the podcast, maybe like any ghost sightings you've seen or any other cryptids or like any family stories that are like the family scary stories, or even just things you want us to talk about here in the Creepy Corner, email to... Creepy Kelvis, which is C-R-E-E-P-Y-K-E-L-V-I-S at gmail.com.
0: <laughs> Kelvis is only saying that because I, I titled you this with it a with a
1: K. <laughs> Creepy Kelvis with two Ks? What? This isn't the Krusty Krab. Are you insane? Um,
0: definitely. Add to yeah. that a... Or just... Anything else you want? You can that can all fall into the Dane and Friends email as well. That too. Uh, you can also. We just might tell find us-
1: them faster if it's <laughs> other email. I don't know. Uh,
0: if you uh, if you have anything to tell us or anything like that, you can also visit us on our Facebook page.
1: If you want to bully us, leave a comment.
0: Oh, for sure, definitely. YouTube Roast videos, the anything shit like out that.
1: Out of us. <laughs> I dare you. Uh,
0: if you come to the point where you realize, like hey, I love these guys enough to part with my hard-earned money. Yes. Which, more power to you. I have oh, very yeah. little in my life that I want mm-hmm. to part money with. And oh, if, yeah. you, if we have been able to, to brighten your life a little bit, um, you're more than welcome to at uh, anchor.fm slash Dane mm-hmm. and Friends. Uh, and that'll show up that'll show up a little subscribe and and support button and that can help us be able to continue to make this type of content buy and more keep, equipment yeah
1: keep the lights on
0: <laughs> definitely kelvis is there anything you want to besides the the kelvis's uh, creepy email
1: yeah follow me on twitter kelvis a crow on twitter <laughs> <laughs> I also have uh, an Instagram, Kelvis the where I sometimes post art. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. So
0: hey, if maybe if you get more people on there, you're going to be more willing to post more art.
1: Yeah, maybe if you harass me in the comments, I'll post more <laughs> on Twitter and Kel-vis Instagram. Kelvis is the
0: person that, uh, if you look on our on our YouTube videos, Kelvis is the person that put the. That did the end picture oh, of yeah. all of us. Yeah, and it is. If you want to so commission good. me, <laughs> I would
1: also love to have some of your sweet, sweet cash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> but if anything, thank you so much. If any, just just for spending your time yeah, with thank us. Thank
1: you for listening. You didn't have to. No. You know, money comes and goes, but like your time. Giving us your time. So valuable. It's Thank so you. Important.
0: Thank you. And we love all of you. We love you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Philosophy, topography, Star Wars, cryptozoology, comic books and textbooks, they're all the same. They all deserve some room inside your brain. Let's talk about it. about it, let's talk about it, let's talk about it, Dean and friends are here to talk about it.